Welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast series Sunny Side Up. I'm Paroma, your host for the day. Hi Eric, welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast series Sunny Side Up. We're so happy to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I look forward to giving you guys some value. We're looking forward to this conversation as well. So let's get started. Should we begin with letting the audience know about you? a little bit about yourself and what led you to start your company Protofuse. Sure. So my name is Eric Sharp. I'm the founder of Protofuse. We do digital marketing for mid-sized B2B technology companies. For the most part, we try to work with companies within the United States and this positioning of ours working with B2B tech companies is fairly new for us as in our declaration of this is who we work with and exclusively work with. We've been around the website and digital marketing world for quite a while. Personally speaking, I got into building websites back in 1999, uh, graduated college right around the dot-com explosion and kind of got thrown right into things. I kind of like to describe it as jumping on a, a moving freight train with no destination. That's just kind of how it felt at the time. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. 19 years old and just a lot of things happening in the web world. And so I started there. I, I started working for a company called Wildcard Systems as a web designer in 2000 and collaborated with a bunch of designers and developers and QA and leadership on building web applications and interactive training for the Fortune 500, Bank of America, U.S. Bank, AAA, Capital One, just to name a few. So I was kind of in it, working on these big scale sites. And during that time frame, I said, you know what? I kind of want to work with my own clients <laughs> and had that entrepreneurship type of bug. And at the time, I think it was a year or two into working for Wildcard, I decided to start my little freelance business. And I'd pretty much design a website for anyone that had $300. Literally, if you had $300 in your pocket, I would design you a website and just kind of built up my business over the next couple of years while working at Wildcard and I finally decided to jump ship there. My agency had grown to a point where it was sustainable and I saw a lot of good things in the future. So that was 2005. And so I've been doing Protofuse full time since 2005. And like I mentioned, we've been kind of going around um, servicing a lot of different companies a lot of, in a lot of different verticals. And Within the last two years, we, we said, you know what, we, we want to be the experts in this space, the B2B tech space, and we want to work with clients in this space because we feel like we can deliver a lot of value. So that's where we're at today. That's amazing. So tell me, you've been involved in digital marketing since, since a while, since the start almost. And how have you seen it evolve over the past couple of years, especially given the market boom of late? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, you know, with social media just becoming such um, part of our daily vernacular and everyone wants to be on, on social media and, you know, whether it be a B2C company or B2B, it just, I feel like the leadership and the types of people that I talk to on a regular basis, there is this desire and this urge to want to be on social media. And, you know, when I started back in 2000, all these channels really didn't exist um, yeah. You know, MySpace wasn't even out there. So it was really about just your website, right? It was about having your digital presence through your website and just making sure that it was usable and functional and cross-browser compatible 
and you know mobile hadn't had it really exploded at that time so you know you had a couple different devices that you just needed to make sure the site worked well on it so the emphasis was on your website right and just making yeah. sure that what we call you know here protofuse we say we think your website is the hub of all your digital marketing and so when i first started out there was this sort of emphasis on your website and then social media just exploded and all these channels started to pop up and then all these people started to flock to these channels and then the emphasis became on the channels right and rightfully so that makes total sense to me why that happened but what what happened through that process is i think people's focus got distracted a little bit and they took their eyes off their website and got more focused on the social channels and so from a b2b space this conversation is probably going to be revolving around a lot of b2b and tech and you know that's where our focus is so that's where you know my opinions are baked essentially but i just felt like from a social media perspective especially within the last year or two people are starting to realize that these channels are vulnerable you know you don't own your content on these specific channels and you don't have a whole lot of control over that content as well and so what i've seen just i guess this is a really long answer to your question but what i've seen is the focus slowly start to shift back to your website and what you can own right so people now have had this realization wow the volatility of these social channels you know i push something on facebook the algorithm is going to change i got to relearn the algorithm and how i can sort of connect with my audience and now the focus is slowly shifting back to well let's put our emphasis on our website right and making sure there's quality user experience it's got great content we've got all the right lead generation tactics built into it you know we're tying into multiple platforms where we got our all of our data in one spot so that's what i've seen it's kind of been a bit of an evolution kind of we're starting back to where we were <laughs> back yeah. to, you know 15 years ago So you mentioned that there was this explosion this multi-channel explosion everyone wanted to be everywhere and advertise their product and solution in multiple places and now you're seeing this trend where uh, the importance of having everything on one website and in one place is picking up again so according to you what would the primary objectives for digital marketing for a digital marketing campaign be for a smaller b2b tech company today given these changes that you've seen this entire circular journey what would you tell them should be their primary objectives they do have these channels they will have a website but what should they really focus on great question yeah if you're talking smaller b2b tech companies so maybe they're they're under the 10 million dollar of revenue i would say to keep it simple and really start with defining and ironing out your value proposition and this gets so so muddied in this particular vertical typically leadership at a technology company they're so close to their product and service right and they're so smart and they know it so well but they seem to always struggle with articulating their product or service in a way that other people are going to understand it understand and, yeah yeah and so they they maybe fancy it up they use a lot of technical mumbo jumbo and again they're so close to it that they don't take a step back and realize well how is our product and service being perceived in the market and so my advice would be just start with that because that is your value proposition and how you're different from your competitors and in what what you do well and in you know, your brand's personality and all that stuff you know that is that is sort of the the I guess the groundwork to all your marketing and all your communications from that point forward, 
right? So instead of jumping yeah. into a specific tactic or, you know, really just sitting down saying, yeah, what's our content strategy, right? Like what kind of content are we going to put through our website? It's like, well, wait a second. Let's really focus on what you guys are good at first. Let's actually write that down on a piece of paper. <laughs> Let's get other people involved in collaborating and really straining and focusing on every single word that you use. So I would say value proposition, get that written down, uh, share with the team, you know, maybe even bring in some of your clients, your customers and say, hey, do you think this is the value that we're bringing to the table with our product and service? Do we feel like, you know, the solution, the value that we offer the world are, have we articulated it in a really concise way and start there. You know, it's the easy answer is to like, oh, well, have a great website, right? And start generating leads. But if you really want to break it down into a granular, smaller, bite-sized format is really work on your value proposition and then how you're going to sort of express that to the world. Okay. So, and, and in terms of the channels, they should focus on, of course, having a great website and keeping in mind what you've just said, that's important. But what about the channels, especially for B2B marketers, technology marketers, what would you tell them to definitely maintain in terms of sharing content, uploading new things, or engaging with their prospective clients? Which are the best channels for them to be active on? So this is a little bit of a tricky, tricky question. question. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it really depends on the resources available at the company. So if you're a smaller B2B tech company, you're probably not going to have a dedicated marketing department that, you know, is going to allow you to push out content in multiple platforms and just really own it and be regular about it. That's the thing. You don't want to set up a social channel and start broadcasting to the world that you're on Twitter, but then someone goes to your Twitter channel and realizes you haven't posted in three years. What I've seen with the people, with the clients that I work with that are in this space, that the popular ones that seems to get the most emphasis are LinkedIn, because it's all about connections. It's all about forming relationships. And I've seen just a lot of B2B owners and VPs of marketing, VPs of sales, really flock to that channel because it just seems to work for them and they understand it. That would probably be the first one if I had to recommend the channel. The next one would probably either be Twitter. Twitter is a great way to engage conversations with people that you don't know that could be evangelists for your brand. There are definitely some downside to Twitter, but... I guess with Twitter, it's not that much about lead generation like LinkedIn, but more about brand awareness maybe. Yeah, and I've I've also seen clients use it as as a way of promoting their content, right, that they're pushing on their site. So it's just another source to potentially bring in traffic, bring in quality traffic and get that exposure, whether it be a blog or a white paper or an infographic or, or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. So, again, depending on who I'm talking to, if it's a small B2B tech company, I'd say, hey, probably most relative to this vertical, you want to start out on LinkedIn or Twitter maybe dabble a little bit in Facebook. But I think the most important thing that I say to my clients that are getting into social media and are wanting to do it effectively, and I know a lot of people may have different opinions on this. This is just what I've seen work, Protofuse and with our clients, is engage a channel and do it really, really well and learn the nuances of that channel Mm -hmm. and be consistent with it and engage people that engage you on that channel and focus on maybe a singular channel for a certain length of time and then move on to the next one. You know, because then if if you try to set up multiple channels all at the same time and you're trying to do everything well and you have a resource issue and you don't have people that are helping you push content to that channel and engaging people when they engage with you, you're going to get burned out really, really quickly. And so 
you know, I, I kind of try to break it down in a simpler way and say, let's start with LinkedIn. Learn the nuances of the channel, how you post content, how you like other people's content, how you publish content, how you network with people. You know, you have your own champ or you have your own sort of company profile, right? Like what type of things are you going to share in your company profile versus your own personal profile? Learn the nuances, right? And then move on yeah. to the next one. And it's just kind of a snowball from there. Yeah. So, you know, with all these new platforms coming in, there there was obviously a shift in the way consumers or the target audience consumed content because now, now they can read more about people and the products and service providers and they have a choice. And of course, in terms of content consumption patterns, there there's a shift. People don't want to read as much anymore. They probably just want to skim through content or they want to listen to a podcast or they want to probably watch a video. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that uh, you've seen this entire cycle from a focus on your website to this entire multi-channel focus and then going back into the website, you know, where brands are like, again, rethinking their entire strategy or where their content or their information is going to be dumped. Where do you see this going again in the future? Do you have any thoughts on this? So... I've been hearing a lot of buzz about video. Now, I know everyone is familiar with video. YouTube has been around for a while, Vimeo, all those specific channels that do video content. And from a B2C perspective, I think using video in your digital marketing is a bit of a foregone conclusion, right? Everyone knows that they have to do it. I think the leaders at B2B companies, especially within this space, Again, they understand that video is important in their overall digital marketing, but I think the gap that I'm seeing at least is doing it well. I'm not talking about fluffy company promos that, you know, is promoting your product or your service or, you know, it's a company overview or something like that. That's not the stuff I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about video content that is helpful that's going to pull in your potential prospect, that's going to educate, maybe entertain, really establish you as an authority in your space. And that's the type of content that I feel like is really missing when it comes to B2B tech. I don't think enough people are doing that well enough. You could literally pick up your iPhone and you could film a video and the recording quality is going to be great, right? You need to have good lighting and you need to you know, frame it in a way that looks professional. But we have all these tools. You can go to Amazon and buy a light kit for $150. Most people are carrying around an iPhone, right, that is HD. And and so it's no longer an issue about having the tools. We have all the tools. We have all the ideas. We know that we should be doing it, but it's the people that really say, you know what, we are going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to do this well. And this is the type of content we're going to create. It's not going to be salesy. It's not going to be promotional. It's going to be engaging. It's going to be helpful. We're going to commit to this for the next two, three years. And I think in this particular vertical, again, B2B tech, this is a space, this is an area where I see video just really taking off in the next couple of years. And the companies that commit to it are the companies that are going to be winning big time in three to five years. Pretty cool. And and in terms of tools or technologies that, uh, you know, B2B tech marketers can use to boost digital marketing or content marketing efforts, have you come across any that you'd like to tell our readers about? We are a, a SharpSpring partner. So SharpSpring is a marketing automation platform. And I know there's a ton of marketing automation platforms. I'm sure everyone has, has heard of the big guys like HubSpot yeah. and Marketo. But, you know, if you if you are 
anywhere between that $1 and $10 million revenue mark, maybe even a little bit over that. SharkSpring works really, really well because it also has a CRM baked into the marketing automation platform. So we're a partner. We've helped roll out that system to a handful of clients, and we're really sort of drinking <laughs> the SharpSpring Kool-Aid. But I, I think it's less about the tool and probably more about this overarching theme of wanting to make sure that you pull in data into one spot that the leadership team can review, can export out reporting, can really get a sense very quickly and very easily on what's working and what's not with their digital marketing. So sometimes I run across companies that aren't running a CRM, which blows my mind. I, I don't understand how they can manage all that data either in an email or an Excel document. So there are plenty of uh, simple CRM solutions out there. PipeDrive is one. PipeDrive.com is a real simple CRM that we've used before we jumped to the SharpSpring platform, which again has that CRM component into it. So again, in this particular vertical, this B2B tech that these companies are wanting to grow, making sure you get locked into a system that's going to pull data from multiple spots into one one area that allows you to analyze what's working and what's not. And so, you know, marketing automation, CRM, of course, your website should be running Google Analytics, especially if you're going to be subscribing to some sort of content marketing plan. You need some sort of tool to measure the effectiveness of that. But for me, that's more top of mind. The clients that are sort of subscribing to a some sort of marketing automation platform realize the value of saying hey there's data in everywhere out there and all these different tools and all these services which we don't have the time to go into each one of these tools and export out a report and really look at what's working we need everything pulled in underneath sort of one umbrella that we can access very quickly and then get on with our day-to-day that's Pretty interesting. Thank you so much for your input on this question. And uh, do you have any last key takeaways or words of advice you'd like to share with our listeners? Ooh, that's an open-ended question. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so I would say content marketing. You know, we touched a little bit on that on the episode here. And I know people that are listening may hear little little glimpses or little reports that, you know, content marketing is dying and, you know, we're in this content crash is what I've heard it before. And there's a lot of saturation and, you know, there's just so much content out there. How do you ever compete with all this content, the billions and billions of new content that's going up right online every single day? Yeah. I would say my one piece of advice is don't let that intimidate you. Again, everyone knows that you have to commit to creating valuable and unique content on a regular basis through your website and through your social channels. But again, not everybody is doing it well. So if you can commit to understanding best practices and you can commit to really generating quality content on a regular basis that's going to resonate with your audience and then make sure that it's got great user experience. You know, you're not using eight point font, right? And gray text and you can't even read the blog post. You know, you're adding in images and formatting. You know, it's the small things that you can do that you can really make some headway. So content marketing isn't going away. It's just about doing it better than the next person and committing to it and being consistent making sure that you're sending out relevant content that is really going to make a difference. Right. Thank you so much. I think that was a very interesting answer. And I'm happy that you've had the time to spend with us today. And uh, I hope to catch up with you and probably collaborate with you on many other things in the future. 
Uh, thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I, I appreciate it and had a good time. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Bye, Eric. Have a nice day. You too.